Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to Gaze on Film. We're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to say anything about the break we've taken? Um, do you want to finish the intro first? Sorry, I interrupted you there. This podcast <laughs> is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned. And I'm Declan. And in this episode, we will be talking about Blue Jean, directorial debut from Georgia Oakley. Um, who the astute among you might remember this from the programme at Leeds International Film Festival last year. We didn't see it all there, did we? We didn't know, but no. a few people we know did. Yeah. Remember, there will be spoilers once we get to the headline feature, so as always, do proceed with caution. But before we get into that... No, I'm not even going to read that bit yet. What would you, do you want to say about our... Little break? Yeah. Um, I don't really know why we've had it. It sounds really formal, like, we've been living separately. No. <laughs> no. Nothing like that. I think just... Just life's got in busy, the way. Yeah. Um, We haven't recorded since... It was towards the beginning of the month for Happy Valley Season 3. Yeah. Um, No real reason, but we've kind of accepted how busy we are and not been able to squeeze it in because we know this time next month we'll live together. It's so going to be much easier it to will. Should we to just make get the work? microphones out and record a podcast? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. So it'll be all that kind of stuff. Yes. Back but, to normal scheduling once we've moved, I think. Yeah. Um, but what's good is, there's as well as us talking about Blue Jean, we have been watching a lot. And I don't even think we've included everything that we've seen. Um, because it, we'd be doing that just for an hour on its own. Honestly, we could fill an episode. We so are going to fill episodes with Ant-Man and Cocaine Bear, both of which we've seen, but we'll just leave that, keep that shtum for now whilst we... Yeah, I'm quite looking forward got... to recording those episodes, actually. I think it will be fun. Yes. Nice to get back behind the mic with you. Yes, very much so. But before we get to everything, I'm dying to know what you've been watching recently, King. Right, so since we last recorded... We, I went to the cinema without you with a couple of friends from work to see Magic Mike's Last Dance. Rude, although I wasn't really that interested. No. And to be honest with you, it was very, very different. Although you weren't that much of a fan of the first film, it was very, very different to that. Like, all of his crew were pretty much only on it in fit, like FaceTime videos to them. You know, he's like all the other dancers. Oh, yeah. He, was, he did this dance for Salma Hayek's character when she's in Miami and she's just obsessed with him. So she flies him out to London to set up a show. Her ex-husband, who she's in an awful (laughs) divorce with, owns the theatre, so it's like a get back on him. And 
it was just so different from the other Magic Mike films. And I, it was basically a film because there is a Magic Mike show in London. It was almost like this is a fictional tale of how that that show became a thing. Right. Um. Yeah, it was just really different. I can't remember what I gave it. I think I might have given it... It was definitely a two or a three. So it wasn't high. It was fine. It was but, a fine film. Yeah, but... And I mean, I don't know what's going on with HBO and Warners, but it hardly got promoted, and I don't think many people even knew it was coming out, to be honest. I feel like I've been seeing trailers for it for months. I know, but like there was no, no one seemed to know it was coming out. There's no social social media. But look at something like sixty five that's coming out in a few weeks. That's everywhere on my social feeds. When I saw Ant Man and the Wasp in the cinema this week, without you, mm. the person in the seat next to me, which I was already quite pleased about, there was a full, the back three or four rows were full bar two or three seats, mm. and there was still a smattering of people in the other rows as well. Which That's in quite good. a small screen was good. Yeah. Um, was was there say? a segue oh, to yeah, 65 yeah, yeah. there? Yeah, the guy, <laughs> the guy next to me was like, oh, 65, really want to see that. And he was telling his girlfriend about how it's um, like Jurassic Park and Star Wars mixed together. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> um, we both watched Creed in the upcoming in the run-up to Creed 3, which is out very soon. Which I don't think either of us would have really been all that bothered about. No, it's Except... always been on my list and I'm like, oh, I'm not watching that. It's a boxing film. What but... film was it we went to see and we were expecting a like four-minute summit or other in place of a couple of trailers ahead of... Was it Avatar. Maybe the four-minute thing was about Avatar, no, and um, we watched Top Gun Yeah, with it in front of it. And it wasn't about Avatar at all, it was about Creed. And how it's the first... I, I might be all wrong. It's the first sport film or boxing film. Shot on IMAX. Shot on IMAX. Yeah, we're going to go see it in IMAX, because I think it'll be very good. I think it'll be really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first one, I've never really been interested in Rocky films. Um, I didn't even know it was a Rocky spin-off. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of Sylvester Stallone, but it was really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good film. Yeah. And I was very bought uh, yeah. into it and it was a four-star film for me. I feel like same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much enjoyed that. Speaking of films that were watching the previous instalments in the run-up to the next one and films that you very much enjoy which you just don't seem to get on with at all even though they're great really really great action films we watched john wick 2 and find how i worded it once and i again as a rewatch for me really liked it i still think out of the three it's probably my favorite um i remember going to see the third at the cinema i thought it was a bit long and it went a bit over it's remit but yeah come on say Um, tell us what you said on letterboxd (laughs) hold the thought everybody oh my god oh my god quick how many films have you watched loads actually (laughs) so john wick to me it feels like i can't it doesn't even really make sense what i've written basically (laughs) it's just Loads of gratuitous violence, 
Lots of explosives, lots of wrecked cars. I know, when we watched it here, I thought, God, the gunshots going off. <laughs> Our poor neighbours must have thought, what the hell are they watching? Well, all like... I could see was, like, the carbon footprint of this film, which isn't adding anything to anybody's life. Why did it have a more than any other film? Well, no, the different the distinction is some films, like, have a message or are culturally significant or whatever... Whereas John Wick is just a bunch of men fighting because someone stole a car. It's fantastic. I like I can get I can appreciate the effort that went into choreographing all of that action and things like fair play. And mm-hmm. I do get very like strong graphic novel vibes from it. Yes. Which I think it is based on a graphic yeah. novel. Yeah. Um it does make sense. Um but so far, we've watched two of them. There's been four women have had a name, and two of them are dead. And one of them has tattoos. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's you know particularly, what I mean? like, particularly strong on the female characters. Although the third one does have Halle Berry in, who is fantastic in it. So Yeah, I mean, each of the women that's been in it has been brilliant in their own right. But not really given anything to do. And the characters don't have any depth. Yeah. And I could get over that to some capacity if the male characters had some depth. But it's I don't not know. a film that does is meant trying to do that though. No, but I like films that make me feel something. Something and I've watched two of those films now and I get bored by the end and I'm just But not I feeling feel like anything. this action films just not for you then because I feel well, like, I like you James won't Bond enjoy... that's action. Mission Impossible, when we rewatch all them, maybe up until I'll the end. new ones. Like, like, some of them are amazing films, but it's just action, and you're just enjoying the action. Yeah, there's a story, but we'll see. Well, we'll see. We also, for Valentine's, spent Valentine's evening for in a, for at the cinema for quite a long time when we watched the re-release of Titanic. In IMAX, which was great, what do you and mean we were 3D at the cinema for quite a long time because it's a long film. Yeah, but we weren't at the cinema longer than the film. No, but I just mean we were there for a long time. <laughs> it made it sound like we were there all day just watching Titanic. I mean, it is a long film. It didn't feel. I totally forgot how how long it is. I had no idea. It's three hours and sixteen minutes. Yeah, long. And it doesn't feel like that when you watch it. No, once once the. <laughs> Like when you get into Once it. the sinking starts, we're like, right, we're into it now. Yeah. Let's see some shit happen. Um, but the IMAX remaster was amazing. Mm. But we both agreed that the 3D added absolutely nothing. Uh, my 3D, right? <laughs> you know when you watch 3D without the glasses on and you can see two of everything? Yeah. Other than the focal point on the screen so like say Kate Winslet was in the foreground and everything else was the background I could see one of Kate Winslet's face and two of everything else the whole film weird I think sometimes if you look side on the 3D glasses don't work very well we were like in the middle weren't we yeah um but yeah it's very much uh but IMAX was really nice. Yeah, to see it, it was. On. It was. See it on a big screen. It was lovely. Well, I'm hoping it that got this... to you, didn't it? It did make me cry. It turned actually. to you at the yeah. end, and you were sobbing. Your little eyes yeah. out. It's when she does the little. Oh, she... 
<laughs> she throws the necklace over the boat. Oh, I like that at the start as well. You know, when they're all settling in to listen to the story and she goes, it's been 84 years. Oh, God, I know. And you and I just both went... Mm. <laughs> It's weird, isn't it? Because we're going to get to internet ruin, ruining things in the BAFTA um, chat in news. But um, yeah, it was it was really good to see. I don't, I'd never seen it on the cinema. Um, no, it was nice to see. Apparently, it has had re-releases before. One of our friends said, "What did he say this week?" <laughs> they, they released are, it. They released on it the for the hundredth anniversary. anniversary of the Maiden Voyage, and we were like, "The Maiden Voyage was." When it sung, it was its only voyage. <laughs> Maybe it had a little voyage getting to from because wasn't it built in it Belfast? Went from and Belfast then... to Ham... Plym- Plymouth, Southampton, Southampton. Ham. I knew it had ham in it. I thought you were going to say Hamburg. I was like, I know, well, no. I think that's landlocked. So no, my brain froze for a moment. But no, very good, and it's nice. It's weird to say. I think sometimes actors that have obviously made it so big in yeah. one of their main first roles yeah. like a baby Leonardo DiCaprio and a baby Kate Winslet oh my god so I was get my hair cut and Naomi hi Naomi my barber um she always asked me what films to recommend or what we've been watching and things and mm. I told her we'd seen um Titanic and she was like oh I saw a Kate Winslet one recently I can't remember what it's called but it was basically a lesbian soft porno Oh. And she was like, I can't look at Kate Winslet the same. It's... And I was sat there thinking, do you know what? Actually, she wasn't all like prim and proper and innocent in Titanic, was no, she? she? she had her tits out quite a bit. She did. She did. She was horny. Yeah. The way that hand goes on. Yeah. There. So maybe yeah. it felt, maybe it was a natural career progression. That was that one, Ammonite. Ammonite, yeah, yeah. she did say what Which I've not was. seen, but yeah. I would like to. Yeah, maybe we'll add that to the watch list. What was that noise? It was like the bars on the balcony, but not ours. It happens sometimes. I always think it sounds like somebody's fallen off. And yeah. actually, it sounds a bit like Titanic when that guy hits the propellers. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, one of the, moving on, one of the next films, which I'm actually going to hand over to you, because I know it's like... It's probably going to be in your top ten of the year, oh, let's be honest. It made me cry so much. It what was, is it? Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Yeah. I said it. You do. It's impossible to say quickly. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Listeners, if you do fancy giving us a laugh, send us a voice note on Instagram message of you trying to say Marcel the shell with shoes on five times fast. I thought you were going to say doing Marcel's cute little voice. Oh, that would be really cute. I know. Yeah. Okay, so Marcel the shell with shoes on. Yeah. Adorable. Stop motion little shell character. And when I say shell, I mean like a literal, like a an shell actual shell. On. Literally yeah. like the size of a seashell. With a little googly eye and some shoes. Yeah. Adorable. But what's what's the premise? Come on, tell the... So, Marcel listeners. and his grandma, oh. Nana Connie, yeah. live alone in the house that used to be inhabited by a couple who, when they broke up, just left it on for like Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And I want to say his name's Dean. Dean. Well, the guy, the husband. Dean. No, not the husband. Oh. Dean comes and stays in the Airbnb. Um, and he's a filmmaker and he wants to make a documentary about Marcel. It turns out he's the first person that's really noticed Marcel. 
So really cute. They the make, way he goes around the house in a in a tennis ball was quite ingenious. Oh my god, it's so um, cute. And it's a very sweet film about like the meanings of having the importance of having connection. With oh yeah, so I didn't get to the actual yeah. point of the film. Basically, from this documentary that Dean is making goes viral on the internet and the internet helps Marcel try to find his family who had yeah. gone missing. Yeah. It was cute. Oh, was so cute. cute. I did fall a little bit asleep. He had like that's not a reflection of the film. There are so many little sound bites from Marcel that would make like perfect inspirational quotes on those like Facebook posts that He's like share. really positive, isn't he? He's like looks for the positive in everything. Yeah. I love that don't know that little tweet line where he didn't he didn't know how long he hadn't seen his family for and somebody tells him he was like oh two that's years nice that's, that's nice to know <laughs> and he's just so so cute um and then when he i suppose we'll say it because it's not a big spoiler no we can't have spoilers in the trailer section oh, oh no, it's not even trailer we no. can't even have spoilers before we get to trailers okay on to some of your little rewatches that you've been doing um, alien and predator alien predator oh, update that's what you get for vaping on podcast. Hmm. Um, Alien and Predator update. I have watched Predators and Prometheus. Prometheus was fantastic. Mm. A very worthy reboot of the Alien franchise. Excellent. They are consistently better than Predators films. Is Prometheus the one with... I want to call her, like... Charlize Theron. Oh, no. No. I think it might be Covenant with Numi Rapace. Yeah, her. She's in it as well. Oh, is she? Prometheus. And is that guy in it? Yeah. Mr. Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Is the one I'm thinking of there. Yeah. Do they, like, crash land on her? Yeah. Yeah. I did like No, they don't crash land. They land on purpose. Oh, yeah. But then it... And then they... Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> really um, good. I enjoyed it. I gave it, I think, four, maybe four and a half. Wow. Don't quote me on that. Brilliant. Was Predators just as good? Predators was one of the better Predator films. I know. I said to you in the car earlier, I said, which franchise then? Alien or Franchise, Predators? Alien, hands down. Mm. The crossovers, particularly the second a bad like that i don't think there's really much else to say um have you got the predator next or have you got, what have I got covenant next? next let me have a quick have a little because look. one of them is far better than the other covenant next and then the predator oh. and then i watched prey last year so i don't think i'll rewatch that but then i'm finished with the franchise yeah you're up to date yeah yeah um Oh, I think I've also watched Battle for the Planet of the Apes since... No, anyway, Conquest. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Knock at the Cabin, um, for me, um, we went to see this one at the cinema. We were going to do an episode on this, but we think it's kind of past it now. Um, yeah. But especially because it... I would to... recommend everyone sees it, yeah, though, if you can. I think it's have... gone out of the cinemas, though, yeah. so it'll need to be a streaming job. It did have queer representation because the main couple was played by Jonathan Groff and... Sexy Ben Aldridge. Aldridge. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. I felt like it was... It's a return to form for M. Night Shyamalan. 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 Um, 
especially after old, because we thought old was absolutely awful. But it really got that tension building. You didn't know what was happening. It was like it was very him, you know. Like it was very like of his kind of thing. I think the key distinction between this and old is that this one really let you get attached to the characters and get invested in their interests. Whereas I didn't feel, really feel that for old. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, very much so. Yeah. I haven't, old was one of those films, like when I go out, I didn't think anything else of it. Whereas now no. I could actually talk about Knock at the Cabin and, and well, like I think the concept it. of old could have been, oh, it could have could been. been a success, yeah. but I just didn't get invested enough in the characters to feel anything significant from it. Yeah. On the contrary to Cabin, Cabin in the Woods, Knock at the Cabin. That's another good film. Which I think I may have shed a tear at the end. I think I might have, actually. Mm. Yeah, it does get you. It does, doesn't it? I think especially with them being a gay couple. A gay couple with an adopted daughter. Yeah, it felt very... What would I do in that situation? I could put myself in it. Yeah, I could. I could. Felt seen. Because their love for each other was so pure. Just like ours. Yeah. Oh, don't. Stop. <clears throat> Stop being sickly. Sorry, Grace. Um, and what's been in the news, King? BAFTAs. So we're a week after. BAFTA. BAFTAs. The two main things that came out of it is Angela Bassett did the thing. And that it's quite white again. Yeah. So Among the, the nominations, the nominations was, were quite, was good. Yeah. Nice and diverse. But the... The winners weren't. The winners weren't. And to be honest with you, the winners were all... Like, when All Quiet on the Western Front was nominated, the amount of times it was, I think people thought, oh, it'll probably win a few, but yeah. it won't kind of sweep the board. But it won Best kind Film, that, Best Director, um, Best Adapted Screenplay, um, Best Film in a Non-English Language, Cinematography, like, Best Score, which it is a good score, but I just don't understand how anything can beat Babylon this year. Um, yeah, we were disappointed by that one, really. Yeah, and then some of the other kind of uh, technical categories as well. But I think it's kind of, it's put a bit of a curveball in award season because I think a lot of people were saying it's kind of a two-horse fight between Race. everything everywhere. Two fight, yeah. <laughs> Horses don't fight, but I'd like to see that. Um, <laughs> between the Banshees of Inner Sharon and everything everywhere all at once. But it's like... Could there potentially yeah. be some shocks at the Oscars? I liked, I liked that the Banshees won a few. Like, Best Supporting Actress was a very deserved winner in Kerry Condon, and her acceptance speech was so lovely. Well, we watched it at home with my parents, and it was like, oh, my God, the Irish are just taking over this year. It's award season. Yeah, because your dad's Irish, isn't he? Well, well. His parents Irish are Irish. Blood. Not half Irish blood. No, full Irish blood. Full Irish blood. Yeah. Um, but we were like, oh my God. It's like oh, being in Lanzarote again. Are we, we going to try and by... see that film that's in the Irish language? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's, I read it about it. in Empire, it actually. It's fully in, an, in yeah. the Irish language as well. I don't know, we'll have to... Because that would be quite cool. Hunt it out. Mm. Um, but yeah, kind of... Brendan Fraser was kind of a lock-in for Best Actor, but he's only one critic's choice out of everything so far. And Austin Butler somehow seems to be winning everything else, which his portrayal of Elvis was great. Like, Who votes for the winners and things? For the BAFTAs or for all of them? For the BAFTAs. The 
academy like the members the british academy whatever that whoever it's made up of like fellow industry people yeah yeah so it's very much like the winners are a reflection of their taste i think so yeah, yeah. and i think some people are saying is this the end for everything everywhere for the oscar because is it too much of a genre niche film even though it's fantastic because the oscars don't tend to reward kind of Although I always think The Shape of Water was a weird win because, like, she fucked a fish, basically. That was the premise. And is it, it Sally Hawkins, that one? Yeah, she was, it was I a weird, weird film. Um, but, yeah. I have seen it, but I think I need to watch it again. And I, and I always feel like that with weird films. Yeah, I always remember that. I thought, oh, that was a weird. Because the, the Oscars, they love a biopic. Mm. Or biopic. Who was it that said that? Connor. Connor. My flatmate. Biopic. Biopic. Um, but, yeah, I think Kate Blanchett can pretty much say she's a shoe-in for everything this year. Mm. Um, and Best Adapted went to Guillermo del Toro's um, Pinocchio, which I do think is now Fair probably going to um, win the Oscar. Did that get Best Animation? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say about Marcel the shell with shoes on. Like, that, the technicality of that, because for me, you've got in the front of the frame stop-motion animation, and then behind, real life, and I can't really get my head around how that would have been done. Um, But, yeah. um, So, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Best Foreign Language Film has had a few winners across, like, the awards we've had. Argentina, nineteen eighty-five. Mm. RRR won the Critics' Choice, R-R-R. and now All Quiet on the Western Front won the BAFTA. Mm. Um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen. We need to the end. We've got the twelfth of March now until the Academy Awards. Um, and yeah. Oh, I tell you, who's who's I did like to win? Yeah. Barry Keoghan for Banshees of Inner Sharon. Yeah. Yeah, I did think that was well deserved. Yeah. Um, but I would really love everything everywhere to win the Oscar. I would as well. But we shall see that at about four o'clock in the fantastic. morning on Monday the 13th of March. Mm. Okay, shall we move on? And what a time we've had. <laughs> but now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. And what have we got this time? This week, King, uh, we've got The Flash. We have. DC, isn't it, The Flash? It's been out a couple of weeks, this trailer, but it's a biggie for the summer, so I thought we'd still keep it in there. Smashed in. So we're going to go and watch, because we have both watched this, but we'll re-watch it, mm. and we'll see you after the sparkles. The link's in the show notes, so if you do the pause thing and watch along with us, pause now. I wonder if anyone's ever done it. I know. I want to keep really it curious. in though to give people the opportunity. Oh, same, as definitely. we grow, I think people will get more invested into I mean, for now. with us. But if you're listening to a podcast at work and then your boss goes to you, oh, what are you doing? It'd be like, oh, sorry, I've had to pause work because I'm listening to Gaze on film and I have to watch the trailer along with I it. don't even mind if nobody ever does it. I just no. think it's funny it is. To for us to say it every time, especially if nobody does it. Yeah. Well, let's watch The Flash. Yeah, we've been going on long enough. So for the hype surrounding this film, because there is a lot of hype, so when James Gunn took over DC Studios and he inherited this, 
Mm-hmm. He said The Flash is one of the greatest superhero films he's ever seen. Like, he's seen the final cut. Oh, okay, yeah. And he said it is, like, amazing. So... Oh, well, high hopes then. And it is Andy Muschietti directing it, who did It and It Chapter 2. And yeah. he did, a, a particularly with It, did a very, very good job. Um, it's a shame about the Ezra Miller stuff, because they're clearly not using him all that much. Sorry, them in all them all that much marketing, and I saw a really funny meme where when there's two flashes in in one frame, and people, someone said, "Oh, it's Hawaii's worst nightmare," because there was that big thing about Ezra Miller was going around Hawaii like terrorizing people. Oh. Like every couple of weeks, there was a headline about how he assaulted somebody or oh. kidnapped somebody. But I think they had quite serious mental health problems. And that's resulted in them acting in... It doesn't... I don't know if it does excuse what they did because there's talks of, like, kidnapping a minor and all sorts of stuff. Mm. But if he had... Sorry, if they had psychosis or anything like that, then... But what I'm saying is it's a shame that that's tarnishing the film because it does look very well made and Mm. I am looking forward to it. The trailer didn't do as much for me as I thought it was going to do, especially with it being one of the big Super Bowl trailers. So is Barry isn't the Flash, or is Barry the Flash? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it looks to me like... Is it, it looks a bit multiverse It is multiverse yeah. yeah. And, like, Barry does something as Barry that... Fucks up the multiverse. Fucks up. That Time. means that That means that... The Flash doesn't become a thing. The Barry doesn't become the Flash. And then Barry and the Batman need to fix Which it. Which Batman, though? Because we see two in the trailer. Well, I don't know. but that's Which is like, very exciting. That feels see. like that's what I'm getting story-wise from the trailer. Yeah. I think they're selling it a lot on Michael Keaton returning as Batman as well. Yeah, they did seem to linger on his face for a moment. Yeah, there was a lot of that, which is a big thing to see him return as the Batman because it has been quite a long time. When was he last? Oh, the God. Batman. Don't, the don't Batman. Don't me on the that. Batman. But obviously we've got Ben Affleck's back, Batman in there as well and there's rumours that we might even have Christian Bale's Batman. And there's also as Supergirl, well. isn't there? And Supergirl, yeah. Um, so there's plenty going on. There's I'm, a lot going on. I don't know I'm why enticed, it fits in this new timeline. <laughs> That they're trying to create with James Gunn well, taking can over you at DC Studios, new? but no. But this film's production and was made as part of the old DC, not yeah. part of the new. So, so this will probably form like one of the early anchor points for wherever James well, Gunn is going to take it. Apparently, it's based on the comment Flashpoint, which is all about like the multiverse and opening it and closing it and it apparently it's going to be quite a good way to maybe tie up everything that's gone before <laughs> and i have a feeling that we might find barry in the new whatever yeah he ends up in the new dc universe like the league of i was gonna say super pets then it's a good film. <laughs> I love talking animals and animation. It's a right weakness for me. Speaking of... No, actually. Yeah, speaking of... No, we'll do this trailer next week, actually. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, say no more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, would you give it a trash or a treasure? Yeah, it would be treasure. Be a treasure for me. Yeah. Be a small little little piece. Fill a treasure. 
Not or, quite that. A bit more other coins for me. Like a yeah. pearl necklace. <laughs> Rather than like a ruby the size of your head. Yeah. Or an obsidian. Oh. Have you ever been on the Obsidian League in Duolingo before? I have, yes. Really? That's mm. interesting. I've been up to the Diamond League, but I didn't finish first on it, so I've still got that task to to do complete. But I just I can't focus for the amount of time on Duolingo because I've got other things to be getting on with in order to get back to Diamond League for it. Right, well, I hope you enjoyed podcast. that, that um, segue. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's out in June, um, so we'll probably, potentially, if it's any good, do an episode on it. Who knows what else has been. Don't make promises you can't keep. No. And now, for this week's headline feature, Blue Jean coming up straight after this break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Are we ready? Sorry. Sorry. Are we ready? Yeah. <laughs> I never know whether you pause the recording or... Not for that bit, although I don't know. Oh, don't we know just go silent just so go you can silent. spot it in editing, yeah. don't we? Right. So, the synopsis of this one, which Ned doesn't agree with the IMDb Read synopsis we'll that, that I have stolen, but it is, in 1988, a closeted teacher is pushed to the brink when a new student threatens to he- expose her sexuality. And I guess your disagreement with that premise could be a good starting point. Well, I don't think that the student ever threatens to expose her sexuality. I think Jean is concerned that that could happen and treats the student as if it's going to happen. So when I think it says use the word threaten in this, Mm. I don't think it means the student is directly threatening her. I think it means just the situation is threatening to uncover her sexuality. Yeah. So that's what I took from it. If you'll allow me, I've done my own synopsis. Okay, go for it. Was that one IMDb? Yes. No, sorry, it was me. Solely me. Right. It was my synopsis. Was it actually? Because I don't want libel for copyright or anything. Claiming no, that the IMD, the D in IMDb stands for Declan. So right, my, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> International movie Declan base. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Jean, mm-hmm. the eponymous Jean, mm-hmm. titular Jean, if you will, <laughs> is a secondary school PE teacher in Newcastle. My A man. 
the Thatcher government are introducing Section 28. This is a story of how Jean navigates the complex territory of being both a queer teacher and a queer elder. That's good. I'd agree with that as well. Thank you. So the film starts and it's very, I would say it's very subtle in its in its storytelling of getting you to this place of uh, mm-hmm. Section 28 becoming a thing. So you hear mentions of it on the radio, you hear about it on TV. Mm-hmm. They're all in like, there's a quite an awkward scene in the teacher's kind of kitchen area bit where all the teachers are gathered round the telly when they're, they're, and there's a news article on about Section 28. And mm. Some of them are saying, oh, I've been saying they should bring this in for ages. I've been saying the kids need to be protected, all that kind of stuff, which, you know, to be stood so... there as a, queer t- as a queer person and hearing this. But I did think, I liked that it wasn't like, this is a film about Section 28, and we're going to absolutely throw it in. You almost show like a... A video of Thatcher in the in the Commons, like as do you know what I mean? Like yeah, how there was some only films like, would go about that. It was you were aware of its presence, but it wasn't a film about Section Twenty Eight. It was about Jean. Yeah, but for the benefit of our listeners, shall we have a small bite-sized history lesson on what Section Twenty Eight? Go was? for it. My laptop's going to die, so I'm just going to go and r- run and get my phone for my notes. But you do this little brief history whilst I go. I shall guide you through the next moments solo, dear listeners. So Section 28 was essentially um, a government... It was an amendment to the Local Government Act 1988, which meant that local authorities could not intentionally promote homosexuality or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality. And it was basically... um, a means of legislating such that conservative values that uh, of like the nuclear family mm-hmm. and you know traditional whatever you values, want to call it whatever the hell that means i mean i put traditional in inverted commas anyway yeah. because people make their own traditions but basically it was um a way to legally exclude any um, guidance or knowledge or teaching um, from, about being queer. So you can imagine a teacher was in a pretty difficult situation. Yeah. What it meant was that oh, quite a few generations, what was it, 1988? I don't think it was repealed till... It was repealed in Scotland in 2000, so that's 12 years, and it was repealed in England and Wales in 2003. So that's 15 years of school kids went through school being confused and not even being allowed to ask their teachers about why they were confused. Which is is mad to me to think how much that's changed. Well, there's two things, actually. I can't believe it took six years for the Blair government to repeal it because of how progressive they were. Mm. And also how that's not that long of a t- like we both went to secondary well i went to secondary school in 2005 yeah so and especially in sixth form like some of my teachers which i guess yeah this is quite a few years on 2010 to 12 mm. but like they were like some of the first people i spoke to about my sexuality because 
that's how you're meant to see teachers. They're meant to be that guiding light and they're yeah. more than just the people that teach you how to do algebra. They're, School you know, isn't they're just role models, about aren't they? mechanical so. skills. School is about becoming a functioning member of society. And mm. to do that, you need to know yourself. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so it basically actively isolated millions of kids around the country. And actually speaking of Well, that, maybe not millions, maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but, but definitely thousands. Yeah. I think speaking of that, I, I, it, it made me relive and it almost unmasked some kind of gay shame. Even though I wasn't Ooh. around in that time. Yeah. It just evoked all those feelings of like, oh, like covering yourself, like covering who you really are and pretending well, to was... be somebody different. And yeah. obviously the, the idea of then doing that where there's even less support for you. You know, there might have been a few allies here and there, but mm. most people are like, no, we can't, we can't even talk about it. Mm. Um, I just think it, I, I, yeah, I, I was watching it. I was like, oh, like a bit of me. What was it? Homo... No. Internalised. Internalised homophobia was, like, kicking in, which was a really weird feeling, but I guess the film's done right for it to make me feel that because Mm. it is a theme that runs through it. Yeah. And I think that shame was brought into the fall. Like, I'm not surprised it triggered that feeling in you because I think even a conversation between Jean and Viv where... Jean was like, I can't Viv's just... a girlfriend, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Who is, like, you look at Viv and you know she's a lesbian. Whether you're, like, aware of queer culture or not. Whereas Jean, I think strangers wouldn't even think about it. And I think that dichotomy between Viv is quite obviously a lesbian. So the way she acts is very much like gay liberation front kind of it's me against the world. Well, whereas whereas Jean has to blend in. But actually, so, Jean says something along those lines to Viv. She's like, oh my God, but I can't just wear my lesbianism on my sleeve. Yeah. Like, I can't just be a lesbian out in public. And Viv's like, I'm not being a lesbian out in public. I'm being me. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is the key distinction. But that real kind of inner conflict that Jean goes through, yeah. like... She is a lesbian. And, and it's really familiar as well. Yeah. And she loves going to, and I loved seeing the, you know, like the gay bar scenes. And mm-hmm. I always say, like, you look at the times in the 80s and the 90s and you think, oh, God, it must have been awful to be gay. Yeah. I do sometimes look and I go, oh, that, that real solidarity they had. Like, I think a lot of my queer friendships, we still have that, but there's not that need as much as that. Yeah, it's not quite the same because... As much as queer subculture still exists, like, it's not as underground as no. it once was. So you don't have to do particular things. Like, they have a like a commune-type house for the lesbians. Mm. It was a bit like... That's a bit I, less necessary nowadays than it once was. It's a bit like how they had that house in... Oh, God... That Russell T Davies. <gasps> Cucumber. No. Banana. No, the latest one that came out the other year. Oh, it's a sin. It's a sin. Like, you know, they had that 
yeah. palette. They call it the pink palace or something. Yeah. But what I like to see it, it from a lesbian perspective, because we don't often see that in popular culture. No. I think, you know, women, women's stories struggle and queer women's stories, I think, struggle even more. Yes. So to see that, and there weren't, were there any gay men in it really at all? Like they're in the background in the bar, but there weren't. No, there wasn't any gay men. Like we were fully in a group of queer women, mm. potentially some gender non-conforming thrown in there as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a really refreshing angle to to kind of see that from. So there's a shot in this film. Mm. Which I think was on purpose, and if we ever got to kind of mm. ask, is it George or Oakley? Yeah. I'd want to say, so I really liked its use of Blind Date. Me too. Um, And before, it's like, before Viv even says it's anti-gay propaganda, like before she even spells that out, you can almost see the device that they're using in the sense that it's throwing Like there's a reason they put Blind Date on yeah. and not like... Spring watch. Yeah. 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 So it's like how you can throw it down. You can throw heteronormativity down the throats of young kids because when she's looking after a nephew, there was this reading, which I thought the shot must be on purpose. He was laid on the sofa watching and he was like, she was like, you can watch cartoons, but he kept blind date on her. He was engrossed by it. And I thought, it's kind of visually representing him seeing adult relationships. Yeah. And not having, not seeing any queer representation at all. Like from a young age, like the yeah. really, the camera Which... really sat on him and I thought he's really engrossed in this show. Yeah. And I thought, oh yeah. I that's think it's one of the, clever. a good point to kind of, bring up the importance of representation i think you summed it up really well there actually thank you because people who don't think reputation representation matters or aren't aware that representation matters probably aren't aware of such because they've only ever seen themselves represented on the screen yeah yeah and in the media um or at least people they can relate to or understand whereas marginalized groups don't share that same level of relatability or understanding as those which are mostly yeah. represented on TV. I just thought, there he is, this little kid growing up in this world where they'll throw anything heteronormative down, down your His throat. His dad was such a dickhead, though. Yeah. Like, not like Bad Dad Award, just... so oblivious to, like, any sort of sensitivity. Well, I got the impression that... He knew that... So this is Jean's... Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Um, I got the impression that he knew, but when I was reading a bit about the film, towards the end, when she kind of starts to embrace her sexuality a bit more, mm. she Jean comes out to her brother-in-law. Oh, I thought she was telling that guy She who was, was, but apparently... in the, trying to flirt. The brother-in-law didn't know either, so her sister was really keeping that even from... That explains why she kept the wedding photo yeah. on the mantelpiece. Which is sad as well, because obviously it shows that Jean has tried to conform in a previous life. Well, she might be a bisexual guy. woman. I don't think she was, No, though. I agree. Yeah. Um, but, like, that thing was such an obvious, like, you're treating her different because 
it's because she's gay. Because if she'd married a man and divorced a man and hadn't come out, that family wouldn't keep the pictures of that man in the house. After divorce, after the, yeah. after, the, after they've divorced, you'd be fuming. But at because your family, she like, divorced, picture of my ex-husband out. off the bloody mantle, please, yeah. please, like, like. And she's know. if and, we split oh. up, let's just say, yeah. I'd like you still to be friends with my mum. But if my mum had pictures of us everywhere, I'd be a bit like, yeah, that's not, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to see your face everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. But she was like all microaggressive when she was trying to defend the reason she kept it out like oh i preferred your hair when it was long and brown and heteronormative and you look so nice in a wedding dress not like these lesbian clothes you wear nowadays you know what yeah I mean? and even like when she drops the nephew off to be looked after by Jean, and viv's in there and the nephew goes back and kind of tells his mom yeah. that viv was in there and she's like well how can i explain that to to him and she, Jean's just, just like, it. well, for all he knows, he could just be my friend. Like, it doesn't have to be this. And then she's like, oh, well, he's only six. Like, he need. And well, thought, he's not going to grow up to be a lesbian. Oh, I just thought, God, it's crazy. Or he's unlikely to, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like we've done a lot of ranting about homophobia. And so I would like to shine brighter light on such a beautiful film because it really deserves it really is yeah. some up talk as well and it looks beautiful as well and yeah i think the title blue speaking Jean. of representation <laughs> i thought it fantastically represented the northeast it did it yeah. was lovely we saw some really nice shots of like the skyline with various bits of machinery and industry yeah we saw the river we saw the coastline we saw countryside it was lovely and her Newcastle accent, I mean, her performance, um, Rosie McEwen's performance is phenomenal. Yeah. But that Geordie accent, I mean, I couldn't even do that. No. And, and I'm you're only from, from next like, door. 30 miles down the road. Mm. So, so, like, convincing. Because I think Geordie accents in particular can be quite caricatured. It's quite but, easy to not sound genuine. Isn't like, it? overdo it. Yeah. yeah. But just her performance away even from the accent as well was just you could all you could see the inner turmoil yeah. she was going through like yeah. it was written on her face it was it yeah. was eating her up but you yeah. could see it um you could feel it mm. and i think on that did you notice for the majority of the film the color palette was a little bit bit kind of blue that's what i was gonna say obviously yeah. with blue jean but did you notice a shift in that towards the end as she started to brighten up it's turned a little bit pinker no. Even in what she was wearing. Really? Mm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, which was nice. Speaking yeah. of what she was wearing, loved the 80s fashion. Yeah, 80s PE teacher fashion. 80s PE teacher chic. Bring that back. You know, a PE teacher once called me a puffter because I couldn't do a, a, a front roll. Do you know, I'm not even surprised. Yeah, Mr. Wright, it was horrible. Mm. He was like, come on, you puffter, why can't you do it? And I was like, I didn't even know what it meant. I think I was no. probably really young in secondary school as well, and I just thought, but yeah, it it just reminded me. So, have you have you ever had shame about your sexuality? Yeah, but I've never been called a puffer by a teacher. No, but like the way it really kind of made me almost bring it all back up to the surface yeah. in my own journey. Have you, did you have similar feelings with mm. the film? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, 
I was responding to all of those cues that only a queer director could work in there. Yeah. Speaking of the director, I mean, Georgia Oakley was nominated for Best Debut at the BAFTAs for this. yeah, yeah, yeah. To think this is a debut film, I can't wait to see what she does next, especially know, if she honestly. continues to kind of explore queer stories and kind of... Especially based in the north of England. Yeah, yeah I'm a sucker be. for a north of England film. I like any queer story that's got like... It's a bit northern or a bit like pride in the Welsh valleys, you know, post-industrial oh, yeah. town, although they were still industrial at the time, and kind of... And Proper working, working class, class communities. Yeah. 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 So the premise of the film... Sorry, we finished there. Yeah. We didn't... Obviously, we talked around what happens and what the main kind of turning point is. A new student called Lois um, joins the school um, and is quite sheepish to start with and kind of... You can tell that something is different about her um, and turns out she's a lesbian as well. And Mm. she kind of becomes a little bit infatuated by Jean because she's probably the first... I don't think I got infatuation vibes off Did her. you not? Not with Jean. No. I think at that point, you know, the first time where they're, like, practising a shot where she's just joining the netball team and she, like, puts her hands on to, like, stand her in the right position and raises her arms. I felt like Lois got, like, you know, the tingles of the, the zap, the chemistry, the sparks... That twinge in there yeah but we don't i don't want to discuss a 15 no i know but you know what i mean yeah (laughs) those kind of sparks but i don't think that that was the same i think that was more like a sexual awakening rather than an infatuation yeah well i think my me saying she was infatuated is lois turning up to that gay bar not the first time because she didn't know that Jean was going to be there. Yeah. But when she continues to go and tries to kind of infiltrate herself into the into Jean's friendship group, didn't even get that vibe. Off I either. thought that was a bit like you're a bit obsessed here. You need to back off. See, I thought there can't be that many lesbian bars around. Yeah, but so... she was only fifteen anyway, though, so yeah, she know, shouldn't even everybody... really be in there. Oh yeah, but I've heard stories off my parents of them going into pubs in their school blazers and getting served. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was a different time. Yeah, that's true. And if you're um, a lonely queer kid... And no, you're going to look for yeah, places, you're aren't you? obviously going to go to the queer venue. No, but I just thought, like, the way she was trying to get in with all of Jean's friends, I But thought... I didn't even feel like it was a oh, trying. I just thought, like, they must have just got chatting and started playing pool together, as you would in a bar. Yeah, I get... Yeah. So... Interesting, isn't it? How mm. differently we have received Different such perspectives. a thing. Yeah. So that kind of journey all kind of culminates in an incident that happens with Lois um, and with another student that has kind of been taunting her for a while. Um, and I did think there's some kind of chemistry between them that goes beyond her. It's like a bully that's bullying you, but the fancier yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and what happens is Siobhan is the character claims that Lois assaulted her in the showers. Yeah. Um, and what I couldn't tell is had she done it, so she, she kisses Lois and then kind of screams afterwards and pulls herself away and says she's been assaulted. I reckon she only screamed when she saw that they'd been seen. 
But I didn't know that they had been seen. That was the bit where I thought... Jane saw them. No, but only from the back, like, from backwards on. So I didn't think that's what... But I thought she actually gone in there with more malicious intent to actually plan to kiss her I and then so plan too. to scream. Yeah. So I did she so. even fancy her at all, or was she really just trying to dob her in? So I like that that kind of wasn't really clarified. Yeah. And the conversation among the three teachers, the two teachers, the head teacher and Lois, is it Siobhan? Yeah. Lois and Siobhan in the head teacher's office and things. I could. Yeah, that conversation definitely happens. Yeah, a lot. And it was sad. It was really like, sad because, like, not... Jean kind of sees a way out of trying to get out of the situation she's in, and kind of agrees with Panic Siobhan responses. and says, "Yeah," because she doesn't want to self-incriminate. Yeah, I wow. like the redemption at the end, though. Yeah, you know where she takes Lois back to to the the communal house thing, and then Lois is talking to that other person, and I don't know her name actually but she's like oh yeah it's like this whole community is paid for by lesbians who have proper jobs what was that called like the purse or bog bog fund bog fund yeah and it was because lesbians with careers like lawyers and doctors and teachers and things paid for the others paid for the others who didn't have such opportunities and they all made that was very sweet yeah i mean but yeah, she does redeem herself. She does kind of own it to Lois and says, the kind of the the whole premise of the film is like, I know what you want me to be to you, and I would love to be that role model. Yeah. But unfortunately, it, it's too complex for I me can't. to be the perfect role model. But yeah. I'll give you what I can when yeah. I can. It's got a nice little short run time. Um, it's only just over an hour and a half. We've nearly spoken for that long. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and what else? You know, it's quite... Four and a half stars from me. Four from me. Yeah. Um, it's it's quite pertinent because there is some legislation around the world trying to replicate this, mm-hmm. like don't say gay in Florida. Sweeping the states at the moment so, is anti-LGBT Unfortunately, it doesn't feel almost as much as a piece of history that it should. And, yeah, great film. Um, I don't think we've necessarily spoiled it because it's quite... Like, whilst we've got into plot details, you know. Be right back. What are you doing now? What? Oh, I know what he's doing. It's the final segment again. How gay is it? So he's just gone to get his little briefcase to pull out the radar. He's back now. There's your little ASMR video. Just getting the gaydar out. For God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even prepared this one, so I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Okay, come on. Silence isn't good on a podcast, King. This is as gay as the pink triangle. <laughs> you know when I said you're going to run out of of comparisons? You're going to have to start coming prepared. Because oh, I thought that was a good one off the cuff. This was as Historically gay relevant. as how gay Twitter has rallied around Ariana DeBose this week. No, because that's a different type of gay to this film. Oh, right, okay. That's why I went for the pink triangle. That's more like a Mithrigan gay kind of film. Yeah. 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 And this is why I was the one trained to use the gaydar and not you. Very much so. How long did your training take? Oh, weeks. Yeah, I thought it might have done. Yeah, yeah. I did. I had to pay for the uh, online diploma. <laughs> the printout of the certificate at the end. It was an extra tenner. Oh, God, really? I see. Yeah, so it's come out of the joint account. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, we're done. And that's all for this time. Sorry, we're back. Hang on. It's nice to be back with a queer film. That's all I'll say. And now you can do the outro. And that's all for this time, listeners. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. Um, And you can check out our letterboxed accounts, which are linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. Oh, yeah, this one. Yeah, tell me if you felt the shame like Mm. I did. And remember those voice notes of you saying Marcel the shell with shoes on five times quickly. Yeah. I have been Ned. And I have been Declan. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.